It takes more than remembering you have a meeting in three minutes, looking back at your code, and then showing up five minutes late to be a great engineer. This is Soft Skills Engineering Episode 360. I'm your host, Dave Smith. I'm your host, Jameson Dance. Soft Skills Engineering is a weekly advice podcast for software developers who enter time vortices every time they open their editor. You know, we talk about time travel a lot as the solution to problems on this show. And this is a form of time travel. It just only goes forward. It's a fast forward button on your time. Yeah. Do you remember that story? It was kind of like a chicken noodle soup for the soul style, like, tale about morality where there was somebody who had some magic thing that that let them skip time and they used it whenever stuff got boring or unpleasant. Okay. No, but go on. I think it was like a ball of yarn. They'd like pull some string and skip ahead. So they used it to like skip a test or skip an uncomfortable conversation or skip like an awkward interaction with a date or whatever and they kind of went through their life and then got to the end they were sad and alone because they missed all those meaningful moments Uh, i thought you were going to say they pulled the last piece of yarn out and then just died (laughs) maybe they did too i don't remember that part i think it's a so so it's a warning about the dangers of forward time travel are they saying that the boredom is actually the good parts I think so. It's oh, like, crap. But, but it's good for your character. Uh, all right. <laughs> I I do this as a manager still too. It's just with emails or documents. Mm-hmm. Quick, I'll just tweak this thing, and then you look up, and oh no, oh no, five minutes late to my one-on-one with my boss. Classic. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, it's but it's uh, sometimes they are too. It's episode three hundred and sixty. That means it's time to do a three hundred and sixty degree review. Just so happens we have feedback from a listener. Perfect timing. We will share it with you. Hey, I asked the second question in episode... Oh, to be clear, this is me reading. I didn't just start saying hey. <laughs> <laughs> I asked the second question in episode 337, where I loved my team and hated my manager. I have an update. I listened to your advice. So this was about someone who loved their team and hated their manager. I had some some struggles and and problems with this manager. I listened to your advice, talked to my teammate, talked to my manager, and I thought I worked it out. I started improving in my and my teammates' minds. However, my manager became very micromanagey. He was belittling me. He asked me questions about, asked my teammates questions about my pull request instead of me and did a lot of other BS. He also told me to stop being so emotional during a meeting when I was crying at his treatment of me. Ouch. He put me on a pip. I quit two weeks into it after he was upset that I was both over and underestimating tickets. I'm leaving out a lot of detail, but it gets worse the more that I share. Oh. I'm really sorry. That sounds oh. awful. But wait, it, here's here's the good part. I didn't just pick this to <laughs> share someone's misery. Okay. <laughs> Your advice was super helpful to me. I listened to it many times as I was going through this experience. I want to add, for anyone who is listening, that quitting your job is not giving up. I thought that it was, and that is why I kept pushing through. But I started to have panic attacks at work. I could not relax and was constantly on edge. If you have tried to work with someone and it only gets worse and your mental health is deteriorating, quit. I instantly felt more free and lighter once I resigned. You deserve to work at a place that makes you better. Luckily, I found a job within two months of quitting. I'm in my second week at a company that has so far been amazing. I'm learning and I'm so totally outside my comfort zone in the best way. Ah, the quit your job advice is back. Yeah. (laughs) We've got testimonials now. I thought we had dialed that down, but I'm just going to dial it up to 11 now. Yep. Knee-jerk reactions to small numbers of feedback. (laughs) Name of the game. N equals one, double down. Yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> I I'm really sorry that you had a, such an awful experience leaving that company. Yeah, it can be really painful to get to get pushed out. Yeah. Ugh. Something. Some situations you can't fix. You know. That is a good point about. Uh, yeah, I I could feel that sometimes too. That it's uh, it's my fault that things are bad here, and and it's I I'm failing. If but... I just work hard enough, I can fix this. Yeah, you're like a plant that got planted in a pile of gravel. Like, <laughs> why am I not growing? Yeah, what's my, wrong? My roots are... Maybe if, I just have to try harder. Yeah, push my roots around a little harder. Yeah. No, you need to end up in delicious manure soil <laughs> with worms and all kinds of other good plant stuff. There's a sweet pile of manure waiting for you out there. Yes. Yep. Dream big. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad it worked out. Thank you for giving... An update on, yes. on how it worked out as well. Thank you. I'm and so I sorry. told Dave I don't remember what our advice was, but I'm glad you, you listened to it. <laughs> I'll have to go back and remind myself to see if I'm horrified at that thought or not. This show means nothing to Jameson. <laughs> he just he's just phoning it in. No, I just have no short term memory. Or even medium term. I mean, this was like what? Yeah, or how long ago was this? Like twenty weeks ago? Well, it's gotta start in your short term memory, I think. That's right? a good point. It doesn't even get through that. <laughs> yeah. Well, congrats. I'm really glad. I prefer to think of it as living in the moment, okay. not having <laughs> Jameson is brain damage. fully present <laughs> because that's all he has is the present. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the should past is a, yeah, is a mystery. Yeah. Do you want to thank our patrons? I do. I want to thank our patrons. We have a one-time shout out for Dance Smith and Jameson Dave. <laughs> thank you. And we have weekly shoutouts for Trash Panda, thecomputerscienceBook.com, the Reelect Jameson Dance Boogie Brigade, and the Reelect <laughs> Jameson Dance Committee. <laughs> wow. Santa Hopar, Noah Fraser Logue, Kent T. Dodds, Jenny Kim, Owen Shartle, Benjamin Earl. If you would like to join this illustrious crew, go up to SoftSkills.audio and click the support us on Patreon button. That was the actual name. <laughs> Because I'm not done reading the names yet. Craig Motlin, <laughs> I Love Mavis, The Stochastic Parrot, Alice Jost, Tuscawaras, Ohio? Good grief. Patreon.com.au are hiring. Ira Chan, Monkey Face Emoji, Jonathan King, WebTow, Awesome End-to-End Testing, Oladapofadi, The Re-Elect Jameson Dance Committee, Nick Hathaway, Travis Sanders, Brayden Gaines, John Grant, Cody, Please Hire Jameson, Sale. <laughs> Nick Cantar, oh Philip John Basile. I feel like there's a conspiracy. <laughs> I hadn't read these out loud. I hadn't read these out loud until just now. Oh, oh. this is one. The soft skills engineering community great. is just what a wonderful group of people. Oh my goodness. I agree. Oh, love you all. Okay, if you'd like to join this illustrious crew for real, go to softskills.audio and <laughs> click the support <laughs> us on Patreon button. Any amount you donate will get you access to our Slack community where you can conspire against Jameson as well. Or in his favor. Yes. And if you contribute enough, we will say your name or whatever you can write in the in the Patreon name field every week on this show. Thank you so much. This is heartwarming. <laughs> I think conspiring in my favor actually makes me more uncomfortable than conspiring against me. <laughs> You'd rather this have an army of enemies? For. Yeah. Thank you. I, I appreciate the financial support for the show and also what I will interpret as nice messages for me all. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, good job. <laughs> All right, you want to read our first question? I do. This is from an anonymous listener who says, At work, I occasionally mix names of people in my team when I refer to them in meetings. 
My mother used to do this with my siblings when I was a child, and I hated it. Oh, no. I guess I'm getting older. <laughs> Should I just accept the defeat? Any suggestions how to deal with this? Oh, no. This is me. Oh, man. Just last night, I, I called one of my kids common. by one of their other kids' names, and they kind of, they don't like that. <laughs> how often does this happen to you as a parent? To me as a parent? Yeah, how often do you call your kids by other kids' names? Oh, most days. And if I have recently interacted with my siblings, I call my kids my siblings' names. Yeah, I, I do it all the time, too. And I think it's pretty common among parents. I know my parents did it all the time, and I hated it as a mm -hmm. kid as well. Like, don't you know who I am? Yeah, but do you not even love me? Sometimes I have to make it through every member of my immediate family <laughs> before I arrive on the right name. Me, too. <laughs> me, too. I'm pretty good about my wife's name. I don't yeah. think I I often call her by the wrong name, but I'm sure I have sometimes. Yeah, same here. Although, but definitely the kids. If you call your spouse by your child's name, though, that is really over the line. <laughs> That's really bad. Oh, I got to go have a big fight with my wife then because that happens all the time. <laughs> oh, Do you see me as a child? <laughs> I see it as a marker of just how tired we are. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> oh boy, I had I had a a couple of coworkers whose names I mixed up R regularly. Yeah, or okay. It was just so it wasn't that I had a problem with everyone on the team. It was just two individuals whose names got imprinted into my brain the wrong way. <laughs> ah, and it took it took to, it took concerted effort to unimprint them and then imprint them right. But I found that sitting down with people and having kind of one-on-one time with them individually, just spend some extra time with them to let to just let their their whole persona just kind of imprint on your soul. It helps me form kind of a new, I don't know, I'm going to say some things that are probably only applicable in space psychiatry, but okay. let's go for it. But I have this mental model the of... The damaging magnetosphere of the Earth <laughs> really gets in the way of... <laughs> The inferences made by this model. <laughs> exactly, so. exactly. So yeah, I have this mental model of how the brain works, which is interesting because the brain itself has created this mental model about how it works because it has no idea about how it yeah. works. And I have this idea of how names are coupled with these m bigger feelings or identities that aren't just simple words or descriptions. So it's like when I spend a lot of time with someone, I will never forget their name. And when I think of their name, I recall their whole being, you know, things about them, their their mannerisms, mm. their the stories, the experiences we had together. Those are all kind of bundled into one big unit and their name is just part of it and it sticks and it stays with me forever. But mm. for people for whom that that body, that corpus of of memory is small and I don't mean small in time that you spent with them, but just small in terms of experiences collected and memories formed. The name mm. disappears for me. And hmm. I actually hate this about myself because when I think back on jobs that I had for years, I can't remember the names of half the people I worked with, but I can clearly remember the names of people that I, for example, shared an office with or hmm. you know worked, a lot, worked very closely with. I'll never forget them. But then there's 50 other people at that place that I talked to almost every day, but just didn't form that strong corpus of imprinted memory and experience with, and their names just disappear. So that's that was my long-winded space psychologist way of saying, spend more time with the people whose names you can't remember. Yeah. 
I've learned from fantasy books that names hold great power. And if you know someone's true name, you can cast evil magics on them. (laughs) So maybe the people whose names you can't remember are just powerful defensive sorceresses or or whatever, you know? Yes. And it's actually them blocking you. Yes. (laughs) So you need to go to them and say, teach me your ways. Teach me your, yes, teach me your ways. How do you obfuscate your name like this? Yes. There's a couple different ways I I mix up names. Sometimes I just say the wrong words, and that happens with names, but also concepts in general pretty <laughs> yeah, often. Yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes I notice it and correct it, and sometimes I just have no idea. Yeah. And then other people correct it. And that's scarier to me. It is. I, I wonder, I, I can't know how often that happens by default. I can I can notice when I say a thing and then I figure out later I said the wrong thing and go back. But how many times do I just blow past it and don't say anything or don't pick your? Do you have this out? experience where you say the wrong word and then like two or three words later your mind tells you you said the wrong word? And then when that happens to me, I kind of get panicky because I'm like, whoa, how many did my mind miss? You know, if I yeah. caught that one, there are surely others. Yeah. Well, for for me, it's 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 like. Maybe I said the wrong word. And then I have to ask the person and they always say, yes, you said the wrong <laughs> <Yeah>. word. <laughs> if you I don't even, even know for sure I said the wrong if thing. If you even have an inkling that you said the wrong thing, you did. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to spin this into a clever solution of what you do. I worked with a couple of folks who had names that were pretty similar and I mixed them up a lot. And for the, it, it wasn't a, so, so I have this problem in general. But with this specific case where there are two names that I mixed up because they were very similar and they they did similar types of work even, I just became very ashamed and embarrassed so that every time I said either one of their names, I my, my brain added this extra validation step of like, yeah. say the name. Okay, now stop and think, did you say the right, <laughs> right. name? <laughs> <laughs> Which is hard to scale, but I think I got better at it. I just like, you could see my brain pause to do garbage collection <laughs> while you were talking with me if i ever brought up these people it's error correction codes uh, why did jameson just sit there for like five seconds <laughs> that was weird stare blankly at the screen <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Was weird. <laughs> uh, so let that let that shame power you yes that's my suggestion yes. it's for very specific people tap into the shame i wonder how it appears to the folks whose names you are mixing up do they know that you know their names and that your brain is on the fritz or do they think, actually, this person doesn't know who I am? Yeah, that's a good question. Because I feel like those, you would react differently to them. One of them, if if you know this is just like a weird thing their brain does, then maybe you're a little bit more patient. And This is why I think you need to spend more time with them and make sure you say their name a lot during that time. So there's no question. Listen, I know your name. Also a benefit of remote work. Their name's right there on the Zoom <laughs> or in Slack. Exactly. <laughs> That is very handy. I always look at it. That is very handy. I actually have found that helpful when starting a job and getting to know people. Is it's yep. it's so much easier to just look at the screen and say, "Oh yeah, this person," instead of trying to remember. Wait, someone else told me their name, and uh. which is why in my new remote hybrid environment where we come in person sometimes, I make everyone wear name tags. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the font is the same as the Zoom font. Yeah, it's actually a frame around their head that they have to wear (laughs) that's right in the lower right corner it says their name (laughs) yeah but only if you hover like your hand over it so you have to hold your hand up next to their face exactly (laughs) hold still hold still i'm trying to let them see your name (laughs) yeah 
Hang on, I'm trying to hide the fact that I can't remember your name. Right. Hold still while I stick my hand next to your face. Next to that, there's a pin button so you can pin them so they always stand in front of you. <laughs> They're pinned in real life. <laughs> like two two metal rods extend from you and trap their frame. Yep. Sounds like the innovation we need to make hybrid work even better. Yeah, we've always been trying to make remote work feel like in person. Why don't we do the opposite? Yes. Yes. All right. That's all I got. <laughs> I think if you can show them that you know who they are enough and also acknowledge that you have this problem and tell them, hey, like, yell at me or let me know when I do this. Maybe that helps. Yeah, a little pre-apology and then a guidance on how to behave when they see it. Yeah. One, one thing I've seen is if I've worked with other people who do this, sometimes I can figure out what they mean when they say the wrong name, but sometimes I can't. And then I have to, it's like... I have to interrupt them and say, hey, did you mean this person? So maybe that's part of the pre-apology is like, I want to be clear when I'm I'm talking about stuff and make sure I'm clearly understood. And so if if you are confused about who I'm talking about, yeah, make sure to nudge me so I can be clear. Yeah, the worst case scenario is that they don't think they're confused and they- Yeah, that's true. How (laughs) How do you notice that? You said the wrong thing and it has disastrous consequences. Well, I guess you'll have to ask a separate follow-up question okay. to hear what to do about that. <laughs> <laughs> we can't be giving, all, giving too many of our secrets away. You've used all your tokens for this question. Time to move on to the next one. Yes. All right. Uh, good luck. I share your same okay. traits. Okay, my turn? Shall I read the next question? <laughs> yes, please. Here we go. How do I find areas to improve without critical feedback? I've had regular one-on-ones with multiple people over the years, like managers, mentors, and tech leads and asked for feedback regularly. Yet most, if not all of the feedback I received was positive. Even when I stress that I want to receive critical feedback as well, the other person tells me that they do such, that they do give such feedback to other developers, they just don't have anything to criticize in me. This sounds like a humble brag, but I'm concerned that I will stop growing and improving if this goes on. I'm also a bit worried that deep down, the managers and leads just keep quiet to keep me happy either because we have a friendly relationship or because I'm one of the only women on the team. Not trying to accuse them of sexism, but let's be real, locker room talks are held back when I'm around, and it might cause some people to be less frank and to avoid possible, quote, drama. Due to the lack of direction, I'm trying to look at my senior colleagues and what they do better than me. Do they have more technical knowledge? Do they communicate better? Etc. But it's often hard to apply to myself due to specializing in different areas, having different personalities, and so on. You're just so mm. great. There's no, there's no feedback to give. You're incredible. Mm. You've transcended or ascended. I don't know. This is tricky. Yeah, feedback is, is so hard. <laughs> Giving feedback is hard. Receiving it is hard. Soliciting it is hard. It's really easy to not. I think the default is to just not do any of that and then let stuff go on for too long and then have some terrible disaster happen because feedback was not delivered or received early enough. It's, it's just a tricky problem in general. I have some generic advice, which is there's a book called Thanks for the Feedback that I have read and enjoyed greatly. And it is specifically about... Who wrote that one, Jameson? I forgot. Uh, I don't remember. But it's thanks to the magic of the internet, I'll be able to pretend like I remember oh, it the whole time. I think Amazon wrote it. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I... <laughs> Google says... Uh, I think a penguin wrote it. It looks like it was written by a penguin. I see a little penguin logo on it. (laughs) Okay, it's not... Douglas Stone and Sheila... Okay, sorry, it's not someone we had recognized. I thought thought it was somebody that we had talked about before. 
Anyway. Oh, I don't know. We've talked about the book before. Sorry for the interruption. I have feedback for myself. Don't interrupt Jameson so much. Okay, back to you. Okay, thank you. It's a good book. It's long, and I am unable to summarize the book coherently to remove the need for you to read it. So that's one piece of advice. Check that book out. It's it's good and has sections on how to solicit feedback, uh, among other things. We're going to make up our own advice here, and, and yeah. <laughs> if any of it contradicts yeah. what's in the book, then the book supersedes us. love more? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like that, that, that test in those kids' movies with an animal where there's two, there's like the two people, and they put the animal in the middle and see who it goes to. I don't know that that test. Is that a trope, or is that just a scene from a single movie? <laughs> I don't know. I remember <laughs> there's a movie about a monkey that is a thief that they train to steal jewelry, I think. Okay. And someone steals the monkey and uses it to steal jewelry. And then the original owner comes back and they have this dramatic scene in a park where they're like trying to prove who the monkey loves or who the owner owns is, it I or guess, something. Yeah. yeah, but actually the 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 person who stole the monkey is cheating and they put food in their hand. Ah. And I'll let you figure out how that relates. Okay, good, because I was about to ask. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Carry on. Just a little tidbit for you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I I think in the absence of, uh, I'm gonna skip over what to do to collect more feedback. Okay. From your your boss for now, and point to two things. One is external mentors. This is a different kind of feedback relationship. They might not be people you work with directly, so they might not have direct observations about what you do as as clearly as your boss, but they also don't have the same incentives around maintaining a working relationship or, or avoiding, I don't know, upsetting you or things like that. Like, Hopefully that lets them be a little bit more blunt and honest about what they see and, and suggestions to improve because they're not worried about like what kind of backlash this might cause on, on the team or something like that. And obviously you want someone who is kind and, and well-meaning and well-intentioned, but that's my first suggestion is find someone who can be a uh, kind of an external coach. It can be at the same company, but maybe a different team or different part of the org. Could be someone outside of the company, just in, in your network, a, a friend or colleague that you talk to about work and, and ask for advice. But that's one way of receiving feedback that's a bit more of an outsider's perspective. I mean, one of the trade-offs is if, if your boss has stuff they're frustrated you're not doing, then this external mentor might not know that yeah they wouldn't because they're not in your boss's head that's a downside but it is i i think it's a really good idea though to bring in a an external person to help mentor you they will tell you things that your coworkers have strong incentives not to tell you i think yeah i think you're right the the other piece of advice is you've kind of touched on it but it's sort of on you more to collect to 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 turn observations into feedback and and more introspection and and pulling feedback out of good examples you see around you. So this might not be feedback in terms of someone saying you are doing this thing wrong and need to do it differently, but more like I saw this person do something awesome. How do I do more of that thing? Yes, exactly. And can I can I just say that in my career, the best feedback I've ever received did not come from people. It came from observing the outcomes of my own choices. And then going, oh, that was dumb. Or, oh, there's a better way to do this. Or, oh, hmm. I, I can see how this wasn't effective. If you're looking for kind of this, almost like a little instruction book where someone says, say this, do that. Here's how you can be better. You're just not going to find it because we're all these imperfect 
people just kind of stumbling through this professional life trying to figure out how the heck to do things, and no one has the answers. So, I mean, some people have some answers. I don't want to I don't want to bag on feedback entirely, but I think a lot of us, myself included for many years, I think I put too much value on hearing what other people's have what other people have to tell me about how I can do better. Hmm. That's 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 a wise quote, Dave. I reject I'm your feedback. Thinking about that. Oh, oh. <laughs> sorry. I'm just going to keep cramming it down your throat. Okay, good. <laughs> One more thing we've talked about a fair amount on the podcast, but I will keep repeating is the more specific you make your requests for feedback, the easier it is for other people to give. Yes. If you show up in a one-on-one and say, do you have any feedback for me? The, the default answer is no, because yeah. especially if it's, are you looking for critical feedback? People are unlikely to just have prepped yeah. an uncomfortable piece of criticism. Right, that, just ready to go. <laughs> might be, yeah, I've been waiting and yes. I, here it is. <laughs> yeah. But if you notice something that you did that you feel like, I don't know, didn't come off as well as you want or, or could have gone better, if you ask very specific questions about that, yes. it's much easier to get folks' opinions and thoughts on them. I love that so much. I Honestly, I, I wish we would just ban the phrase, do you have any feedback for me? It's, it's, you're just giving someone an opportunity to say no. And, and like you said, Jameson, when people have complaints or concerns about the way you're working, it actually takes effort on their part to turn that into something constructive you can deal with. And professional people who are respectful and kind, they would like me, like, this is my policy. They refuse to just dump negative feedback on you. Like, oh, I just don't yeah. like that. It's like, no, I'm going to take some time and think about this. So now now I'm going to contradict myself earlier, but the best feedback I've ever gotten from <laughs> from a person, not, oh, not from my own from, observations. But, but not from you. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> from the mouth of another human was someone okay. who heard heard a few negative comments about me from multiple people and then thought about it, synthesized it, and then came to me and said, Dave, listen, I've heard some comments from some people about the way that you've done a few things. And I've thought about this and I've concluded what is causing this. And I'd like to share with you my perspective on that. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. It was, it was wonderful. Because instead of just saying, so-and-so says they don't like you, you know, it was like, here's what people are saying. Here's why I think they're saying it. And here are some ideas for how to improve. It was great. It actually was really, really helpful. So if you ask people for that, the chances that they're going to be ready to deliver that kind of feedback on a spur of the moment question very very low yeah yeah that's a that's a rare gift to receive feedback that's so carefully thought through and prepared one time in 20 years i've gotten feedback like that another thing you could try is i i agree with what you said that professional respectful people are probably inclined to be more careful about delivering it which means holding back when they have some thoughts, but maybe they're not fully formed and they haven't figured out how to say it in a way that isn't hurtful or offensive or whatever. You can try to lower the the how much work someone else needs to put in to get feedback into a form that you, you will hear. Like literally like a Google form, right? Where you give them multiple choice options? <laughs> is that what you mean by form? I was form? not thinking that. Okay. <laughs> no. That word is too overloaded. A protocol. How about that? That's not overloaded. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> I like protocol. Let's go. Maybe a schema. <laughs> if if you make it really clear that you want to hear feedback of any level of refinement, 
and say that enough times and then actually react positively when someone puts forth the effort to give you feedback, even if it's nonsensical or you disagree or whatever, I think that makes it easier yeah. for folks to receive feed to, to deliver feedback yeah. if if they don't have to put as much work in to refine it because yep. they they the, the the stakes are lower. If you say uh, like I understand it might not be perfectly articulated or or I don't know. I don't want you to worry about hurting my feelings or offending me. Of course, saying I promise not to be offended does not often make people feel like good this person will not be offended yeah you have to show them some amount of a few times right yeah yeah and especially we we haven't talked about the the gender dynamics here but yeah that's that's probably a factor i believe that's real for sure and and that could contribute to to the lack of feedback i agree and I, i will say that it's already it's already likely for everyone regardless of gender that they're going to not receive as much constructive feedback as they would like but this just takes that i think and makes it even more it compounds the problem i think yeah which is why maybe you can offset that a little bit at least by trying to make it clear that you you are a good feedback recipient you're not gonna get defensive or or react negatively to someone bringing you half-baked feedback yeah you can explore it and interrogate it and decide on your own if this feels useful to you and something that that should influence your behavior but but you want to kind of open up i'm missing an analogy in my brain right now you you want to make it easy easy to receive easy low cost for others to deliver to you i guess yeah i think that makes sense so i i'll add one more piece of advice on how to collect feedback but jameson you mentioned even though I totally poo-pooed the idea of even getting feedback from other people. But if you want it, and I do think there's some value in it. I don't want to say that it's totally valueless. But if you want it, I think that rather than asking people, hey, go to the effort of making feedback for me and delivering it, rather than that, do these lightweight things. And I'll just give an example. Let's say you just delivered a design document and did a team review. You could sit down with people privately and say, hey, I felt like that went okay. I'm always looking for ways to improve. What would have been a some ideas to improve the delivery of that? Was there anything that you saw that could have been a little better, either in the document or in the way that I brought it together? Like, hey, I, I did everything in a real, you know, in-person meeting. Was that okay? I did it on our wiki instead of in a doc, a printed doc. Was that okay? You know, and just start kind of planting little very specific and very easy to respond to seeds with people so that those can turn into ideas that they then give back to you. And it kind of sets, it sets the stage for the, what's the word I'm looking for? Like magnitude of the feedback. It's like, look, I know it's hard for you to say to someone, I think you're a terrible public speaker. Like, fine, I'm not looking for that. <laughs> I'm looking for little tips, you know, in, the, in this case, at least I'm looking for little tips. And then if you can show someone that you respond positively to these little things, then they, they'll, they'll see over time that you're willing to respond to them well. And then over time, they might offer you stuff that they would have otherwise held back. But it starts with very specific questions and without ever saying, do you have any feedback for me? Ugh. Ugh. Yuck. Yeah. I mean, not, I don't think that's an offensive phrase, but yeah, the answer is no, always. Yeah, it's not In, offensive. Unless it's, just it's your boss <laughs> and it's a performance review. Yeah. Then then the answer is probably yes, but that's because they prepared it ahead. Yeah, they're like, yeah, that's why we're here, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my feedback. Stop asking these obvious <laughs> yeah. questions. They put a 17-page document in front of you. <laughs> yeah, this is... I said it at the beginning. I'll say it at the... At, maybe this is the end. I'll say it again, at least. 
feedback is hard. Delivering feedback is hard. Soliciting it is hard. Receiving it well is hard. And you can control how you solicit it and how you receive it. You can't control how other people deliver it. You can get better at how you deliver it, though. Maybe that's another kind of side quest to think about is... is yeah, giving feedback. Could I be more helpful in giving feedback to other people? Maybe there are other, other folks who are kind of looking around and wondering, how do I get better? Yeah. So it's unclear from from folks telling me what I am bad at. Um, okay, I have one last thought. Yeah. There was a question that's baked into this one that is, how do I grow as a developer professionally in the absence of feedback from others? And like, let's just assume that you're not going to get it because like I said before, you're probably not. I mean, you're, no one's going to tell you the, the little handbook for growing as a developer. So I have an idea on how to do that. One is make choices that put you into new situations that you haven't been in before. So for example, maybe you've been doing one kind of project with one particular technology stack for the last five years. Choose to put yourself into a new situation where you have to learn a whole new technology stack. This will cause your mind to be opened up to new ways of doing things that will make you a better developer because you're now exposed to more ideas. And now you have more tools in your tool belt that you can apply to different problems. So that's one. Or maybe take on bigger scope projects. Maybe you've only done projects that can be implemented by one or two developers. Next time there's an opportunity to handle a big project that crosses team boundaries, sign up for that. Guaranteed you're going to learn because what's going to happen is you're putting yourself into a situation where you can make more mistakes, mistakes that weren't even on the table for you to make before and now are. Hmm. And then that's those are all opportunities for learning because you'll make a mistake and then six months later, you'll realize it was a mistake and you'll be like, well, I'm never doing that again. Like, I'm, like my professional life is just littered with these technical mistakes that I've made over the last 20 years that I look back on and learn from. And when people bring ideas to me, I'm like, I've seen that before. I know where that leads. Mm. It's not obvious for the first three months, but it'll be very obvious after the sixth month, you know? And so yeah. I, I actually have that background now and I can actually rely on it. And may, maybe it means getting an audience with your executive team where it's like maybe, maybe someone needs a technical report on something and you have to present to an executive audience. So just look for things that are, look for opportunities that are outside of your normal day-to-day -day work and they will naturally create learning experiences for you that I think are even more valuable than just asking someone to verbally describe to you how you can do better. Yeah, I like that. That also is kind of tied to what you said earlier about doing stuff and looking to see if it worked, if you yeah. achieve the outcome you wanted and, and yeah. expanding your experiences helps give you more opportunities to do that. More failure opportunities. Yeah. This, I mean, it generally sounds like you're in a decent spot in that you are receiving positive feedback it seems like folks are are generally happy with the kind of work that you're doing and and while you're not receiving as as much or as high quality of constructive feedback as as you would prefer it sounds like you have some good things going on here so that's that's positive i would love to hear i would love you know what do you have any feedback question asker <laughs> for us on on the feedback or suggestions we gave to you? I'd love to hear. Did you just say, do you have any feedback? Works. I thought we agreed on that phrase. Well, it's like a trigger yeah. for me now. <laughs> yeah, I guess I did. All right. Strike that from the record, <laughs> okay. please. I'm trying to think of a more direct, specific question. Was there anything here that you tried and worked out well that's that's one thing i want to know yeah. i want to know yeah 
success stories that we can shout to the world or things that sounded just horrible, especially, oh, yeah. I don't know, Dave and I are, are, are both men. We don't experience the same gender dynamics that, that you might. And, and I'm sure we have blind spots here that we, we're just not even thinking of. So that, that'd be useful for me to hear too. Is, is, is there something you, you think that just will not work because of yeah. gender stuff or other things? Yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear more about how this goes. I agree. All right. Well, question answered. Question, question answered. Yeah, we did it. Good job, Dave. Yeah, thank you. Same to you. My feedback is good job. <laughs> you know, you put together a good podcast, Dave. <laughs> Keep up the good work. Okay. <laughs> what can people do if they want their own questions answered? Go to softskills.audio and click the ask a question button. We thank you all for delivering such wonderful questions and content that just form the backbone of this show. The answers we give are meaningless without the questions. We've tried. We've tried giving answers without questions. <laughs> it went badly. Only Jeopardy could pull this off. I all, I, we yes, we tried. Could not. We couldn't do it. I also want to say thank you to those who have used our question form to tell us how our advice turned out, like the question answerer or question asker that we heard from today. There are more. Thank you for sending those in. We'll keep reading them if you'd like us to. And we'd just like to hear about them anyway. So thank you so much for doing that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening. We will catch you next week.